Welcome to the eDiscovery Basecamp with Steve and Jack, where we cover all things eDiscovery and beyond. Tune in each week for a new episode featuring hot eDiscovery topics, amazing guests, and several other surprises. Let's adventure together. So welcome everybody to another session of the C-Tech eDiscovery podcast. You are at eDiscovery Basecamp. That is correct. And it's another great day in the e-discovery world. Uh, today we're going to be talking about how the Easter Bunny went rogue. <laughs> rogue indeed. Yes. Are you familiar with the story, Jack? I am. All right. This this happened uh, in in the recent past. Yep. Um, not not like some of the other stories we've told that were ten, twelve years ago, <laughs> but uh, they're all relevant. To, to a point, and this one has a uh, an interesting twist to it because what made this uh, fascinating for us and challenging in the beginning was a late night phone call or a, a late night email, perhaps I think it was an email uh, the Saturday before Easter, uh, and it was a kind of a frantic email or a phone call from a client uh, needing some e-discovery work done uh, basically by the next day. Mm-hmm. So we were caught in a pinch where we had uh, most of our resources already scheduled to be out of town or otherwise occupied on both Saturday and Sunday, certainly at 11 o'clock or midnight on a Saturday night. It, without any kind of forewarning, is going to be a difficult, perhaps impossible situation, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's not unheard of, um, but in a lot of situations where something like this will happen, there's a little bit of an idea of lead up or something of the sort, so we can kind of be keeping an eye on things and, and right. do some significant setup on Friday so that we can do a lot remote if a request comes in over the weekend. Sure. Totally different story if there's some uh, pre-planning, right. forewarning. Um, what's interesting, though, is I've found is a number of these stories revolve around holidays. I know. And I, I don't know if that's coincidental or not. haven't figured that out. We're going to eventually we're going to talk about a uh, Thanksgiving Day uh it wasn't a debacle. I want to use the word debacle, but it was actually a huge success. Right. It, uh, that's a uh, a little different scenario, uh, similar emergency, um, but we were able to respond to it almost immediately. Right. You know, all these stories, it, it may seem like a debacle, but every single one of these scenarios was a really awesome experience, just all around right so let that be clear where if you are out there and you do have a project that needs to be done up near a holiday you know we're here for you and we we love a good challenge so you know that's <laughs> that's well we're we cer- we're certainly not asking our clients to uh reserve all their most important work for late at night uh on the eve of a important holiday right right we're not doing that but we are saying that if if the need arises, uh, don't be afraid. 
right to to call and i think what's interesting about the easter bunny going rogue story is that it it was a situation that would have been a debacle had we decided to react and respond in the moment and to do things immediately mm-hmm. i mean it, when we did our initial assessment looked at resources looked at the scope of the project uh it, the time that was being suggested it became an impossible scenario right but the alternative was not so bad right no do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah so one of the big things is that it was a saturday um you know, the, the team, you know, the, the team's so great here. Everyone's, oh, I'll jump into action. I'll do all these things. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And we just had this feeling that if we tried to put together a plan under, under the gun, kind of with this uh, people scattered around trying to figure out how we can pull together these resources, that it wouldn't be a, a very solid plan. It would be very reactive. It would be very... Okay, okay, we got 50% figured out. We'll figure out the rest later. Chaotic. Chaotic indeed. And so we decided that, you know, let's really talk with the client. Let's really figure out what needs to be done. We know how long it takes us to do these things. Maybe they're not fully aware of that. So let's let's just fill in these communication gaps. Let's meet on Monday morning. Let's put together a solid plan. And let's put it into action. And that's... That's really what we did. Yeah. And didn't didn't we sense in the beginning that this all gener- was generated from a, a bit of chaos? Yes. So the client was probably experiencing that. And, you know, I, I feel bad that they were going through that. I know. Mm-hmm. On a weekend, late on a Saturday night, whatever Saturday night it, it is, um, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily matter because a state of chaos is a state of chaos. Right. And had we reacted right away, I think we would have just been an extension of that chaos. Right. Yeah. And and one of the things that we, the, the value that we bring to working with a lot of our clients is we're kind of, you know, if there's a fire, we're the we're the kind of the blanket that goes over the fire to to snuff it out and to kind of soothe things. And and mm-hmm. our goal is that if they're panicked, if they're stressed out on a Saturday night, we take it, we set out a realistic timeline. We execute it. There's trust in that process so that our client can just kind of sit back and go, okay, my, my stressful part is done, and I, I don't see this stress perpetuating through CTEC or through the rest of this process. They've laid it out, and I know what to expect, so I can just sit back now. That's kind of the, go- the ultimate goal is to alleviate that mm-hmm. early. Right. <laughs> Very early. Jack, you just gave me a flashback to a memory as a kid watching uh, old comedy films about a, and I've got to look up the the name of the the program or the group, but it was kind of like Keystone Cops, but it was a fire department Mm. uh, filmed in old 8-millimeter reel-to-reel film, so it was at pretty high speed. Uh, firemen running around, knocking each other over with ladders. It was intended to be a parody. Yeah, uh, and it was it was pretty entertaining for me as a kid. But it was it was chaos at 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 you know the ultimate. Right. These these uh, guys responding to a crisis, but really creating 
their own crisis before they even got to the the real crisis. Ex- that I could see how that would remind you of that. That's that's spot on, kind of with. <laughs> so you know the real world of. Uh, people responding to emergencies like firemen is a very well-organized, well-structured, um, you know, great training for the group, a great communication. And when they come into a, a situation like a fire, they, they've got uh, people laid out with, uh, with specific responsibilities they take command of the situation, and they handle things generally very, very effectively and efficiently. Right. Right. And, you know, something to mention in on this, too, is that part of the reason for a lot, uh, I would say, of the initial chaos was that the scope was very large. This was a very pretty pretty large um, request, you know, and so... Yeah, it was it was not tiny. It was not tiny. Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't just a oh man, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was like a we need significant resources to to get this done at a reasonable time. Well, if I, if I remember right, we ended up using most of the resources within our within our team. So the alternate mm-hmm. was rather than trying to pull this off in a miracle on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, we decided to slow down really put a plan together, get a get a full scope of what was needed and engage early Monday morning, right? Right, right. What was remind me what were the um expected ETAs just roughly? The expected ETA, well it initially was just ASAP, can we get this started tomorrow? Right. And but then we, we altered that to I think two stages. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one uh end of day Monday, end of day Monday, and the second was early Tuesday afternoon. Okay. Afternoon, I, early afternoon, yeah. early afternoon, noonish. Yeah, call it around okay. that time. But so we put a put a plan in place, and we were doing some of that planning over the weekend. It was light mm-hmm. uh, resource management, but we really got things in gear on Monday morning. Right, right, and things as I recall, worked very, very smoothly. Yes. Yes, it was, you know, so a little a little background here on why we take process so seriously. Our leadership team has been reading the book Traction, which is a phenomenal book, and it is really, um, it really keeps you accountable on mapping out certain processes and sticking to them and, and organizing and, mm-hmm. and just being very diligent in growing that and sticking to that. Because in a time of chaos, it's easy to run around like those firemen with the ladders, and it's it's important to carve out who's in what seat, what exactly needs to get done, and what lanes do you need, absolutely need, to stay in, because that's where, at least I feel, a lot of chaos can arise from is when people are brought into something and they're not given a specific lane to you know abide by and stay in, and they finish their task, and then suddenly they're stepping on other people's toes and other parts of the process, all out of very good intention. You know, I want to help as much as I can, but a lot of times that can be detrimental to the overall workflow. So early on, on Monday morning, we really did, a, I think, a pretty spectacular job of carving all of that out and giving people their marching orders and just letting the process run its course. 
So that that reminds me, or it points at least to uh, some of the structure that you'd see in an actual fire department, not the chaotic structure of a of a parody, but an actual working fire department where mm-hmm. they have assigned roles, right? Yeah. Not just anybody jumps into the driver's seat of a fire truck right. and drives the truck, right? Yeah. I, I believe it's the engineer that drives the truck. We're going to fact check that in the break and make <laughs> sure make sure we've got that right. Uh, he's also the guy that operates the pumps on the truck once they come on site. You've got a captain. He doesn't drive the truck, but he's in charge of the scene. Uh, you've got uh, hose men guys that hook up the hose, guys that keep the hoses from getting uh, crossed over and tangled and and kinked Ah. as they're being fed out. And then you've got guys that are, uh, you know, on the nozzle, right? right? Not just anybody does that. If you've got a ladder truck, you've got somebody in the bucket that's going up in the bucket. It's not just whoever feels like it or guys, uh, you know, doing rock, paper, scissors. To figure out who's gonna who's gonna get to go up in the bucket, they've right. they've got an assigned role. Mm-hmm. So they they know those roles. They stay in their lane, and that was a, a I think a, a hallmark or a, a a very memorable point of this uh, story uh, when the Easter Bunny went rogue. Yeah, where uh, we really had people in their lanes. What was what was the result of that overall? Was it uh, uh, more orderly work, or was it chaotic? What what really happened there? Well, it was more orderly, and I think that in addition to that, it was pretty. And and don't take this the wrong way. It was pretty low stress, and not in the fact that we weren't doing everything we could to get it done as quickly as possible. But it was very evident where the work needed to go and where sort of if there were bottlenecks, how to alleviate and whatnot. So it became very orderly, and it took a lot of the stress out of the situation, a lot of the ambiguity out of the situation of, mm-hmm. ooh, where do I need to go? I'm, I'm done with this task. Now do I need to? Nope, nope, you're good. You got your task done, and it's already down the pipeline, and you can't even see it anymore. It's that far down the river, so don't worry about it. And that, and I think that brought a lot of confidence to the team in their roles, and pretty soon you know, certain parts of the process were we were able to allow for more um, diligent QC in certain spots that we, mm. we saw that as. And it didn't add any overall time because it was that person's role and they were being fed stuff. So it, it worked out and it was really, really ended up being quite a, um, you know, just a wonderful, productive, fulfilling situation. Sure. So it sounds like you were in a position where everybody knew what their role was and everybody was trusted to perform their role. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. So was micromanagement a component of the strategy? No, no, it it was. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where it is tempting when there are so many moving parts and and, and a bunch of different people involved to really want to dial into certain things, but that was completely off the table. There was trust through and through between everyone involved and as a result of that everyone was feeling good everyone felt like they were being um 
that there was confidence in their ability to perform. And that's really empowering for a lot of people. And, and our team definitely was flourishing in that. And Everybody had an, had an important assignment. Everyone, yeah. Yep. yep. And they were all trusted to fulfill that assignment. Absolutely. Were there any major gaps, major uh, mishaps in anyone's performance? No. None. It was and that's that's great. What what would happen if somebody did try to micromanage or get out of their lane? Was there a uh, a tactic to a reminder for them used to uh, uh, not do that? Just a just a friendly little stay in your lane <laughs> reminder. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't like that. But um, with with the it was friendly. Though. It was it was very friendly. Yeah, and, and we. I think we just use that word or that phrase "stay in your lane." Yeah, in a in a uh, kind of jovial, friendly way. Right. Not not condescending or gruff or, uh, you know, threatening. Right. right. No, not not like how I just how I just portrayed it. It's more right. of a, you know, it it, it was it's really because we're doing a lot of things on the move, walking around and stuff like that, and so just having a friendly, you know, oh nope, don't worry about it. That's not that's not your lane. Doing stuff like that, where you know, as, as the Minnesotan that I am, doing the oh nope, no worries, just uh, stay in your lane there, you know. And it 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 worked though, you know. Because it was you know when you're in the thick of it and you're you're working through it. And there's a lot of moving parts. It is really tempting, and it's out of the best intentions to want to help more, to want to do more, and go. Well, I'm done with my job. I could help out so and so. And at the end of the day because we had a process and the timing mapped out and everything it wasn't necessary and it wasn't worth the the time it would take to integrate two and split up work and all that stuff and it just became a nice just reminder for everyone just oh you know it's all good you're if you're if your task is done you're you're done go go grab a you know beef stick in the break so room. I get, yeah so i got a got another question for you um i i assume you know, this emergency comes in. It did it put a halt to all other work, or were there other tracks? You know, you had uh, you had talked about, or maybe I mentioned that uh, this took most of the resources at SeaTech to mm-hmm. to uh, pull it off. Mm-hmm. But uh, was other work performed that day on other projects? So that's a great question, and. The, the short answer is yes, other work was performed, and that was entirely by design. And in these situations, it's easy to have a project like this that requires sort of all hands on deck. It's easy to allow that to eclipse everything else that's going on and, oh, okay, I'll push this back, I'll push that back. But, you know, that's a, a commitment that we make to our clients is that when we get your job, we're going to get it done for you, and we're going to make you feel good about that. And if suddenly a, another client comes in with an emergency and we have to put other things on hold, that's not fair and that's not how we operate. And so this process was designed to integrate certain people at different points, but it was all planned. It was, okay, at noon, we're going to need you for an hour to help out in this area. And at two, we might need you for another 15 minutes here. And we planned it all out and other work functioned as normal and other projects were completed as well. And it's it's something that's really really important to us as a team and our relationships with our clients and that you know we may get an emergency we may get have chaos but that chaos will not spill over into a the chaotic project or b other projects that are happening it's it's all separate and we will 
make it work. We will get it done. So you're saying other deadlines for projects were not were not changed. They were not affected, no. That's that's great. How were the deadlines for this project handled? Were they on time? Were they late? Were they early? What what was the picture there? We were actually ahead of schedule and we, we finished really everything by end of day Monday when we thought we'd have half done by Monday and half done by, you know, Tuesday morning. And afternoon. do you, do you remember what time the the team left that day? Five o'clock. At just as scheduled. Five o'clock. Central time. Central time. So everybody got home for dinner that night. No one stayed late. What was the what was the mood like in the room? You you talked about that a little bit, but uh, describe that a little more. Oh, we were having a blast. We were having a great time, and and one of the things is is that we were able to involve um, some of the interns in different areas, and so seeing seeing them grow and seeing them learn and take really that accountability and that and have that autonomy in this specific role and just power through it. I just thought it was an overall wonderful experience for growth, for team building Mm -hmm. to, and, you know, just being able to trust someone downstream of you to hit that internal deadline and to be able to say, wow, that's when this was predicted to be done and it is done. And now I have that slotted into work on and my day is intact. There's no, you know, chaos or ambiguity and oh when is this going to be done it's nope i can trust in that wow that's that's just great so let me get this picture kind of straight you you've got a client calling or emailing late on a saturday correct there's a perceived panic there from the client um how was you know and you work through this you kind of slow down pump the brakes you work through a good plan you execute the plan you sounds like you beat your deadline by many hours yes uh maybe several labor hours um what was the uh reaction of the client at the end um pleased ambivalent um you know acquiescing to to a delay what what was their uh what was their reaction well i think that the client knew Kind of, you know, I mean, they obviously knew the request and and the timing and all the, of the that. The scope, the scope is what you're talking yeah. about. They knew it wasn't just a a little bit of data, a little push of the button. Here you go. Right. They they knew all that, and so I think that there was a lot of gratitude at the end and very very positive feedback on just on everything. And um, you know, our goal with communication is to make them not have to ask the status of their project ever so we're always ahead of the ball on that and you could tell that just by these status updates and by the end of the project they were feeling just great they were feeling relieved they just it was off their plate it was taken care of and and they they understood that it was a tight deadline a huge task and they were just i I could tell very relieved to have it done so it kind of like the fire department scenario it sounds like you took command of the situation and put some order into it, which otherwise was chaotic. Yeah, yes, I would say that's that is that is correct. And you know, I I I really don't think that there was intended chaos on the initial intake of the project, but I think that the client understood that it was a, a big ask and kind of a crazy turnaround timeline. So I think that they were like, "Oh gosh, guys, I'm so sorry. Like this is just what we're dealing with right now." And 
mm. hopefully we can get it done. And so, you know, and our goal is just to be as as positive about it as possible, to be as comforting, really, as that works, and just to work out something that's realistic for everyone. Because the last thing you want is for us to scramble on a on a day where we have holes in our team and just have something that ends up actually taking longer at the end of the day because you don't have a solid plan in place. So that was really important on the front end of it. Did, did you happen to track the number of labor hours expended? So between you know the team and, and all that, we had around, I want to say, 65 hours of labor on this. <laughs> so... So that that probably would have been tough to do with a scattered team that's all over the state. Right. Maybe even in different states, I think, at, at the time on that weekend. Uh, we needed some of them to be physically present. Mm-hmm. Some of the work could have been done remotely, but there was a, yep. a demand for physical uh, presence. Uh, 65 hours would have been tough on a Sunday like that. Right. Yes. And one of the things that we want to ensure with, you know, the pandemic, all that stuff here is that we're not all we're not all scrambling around a room and stepping on each other's feet and, you know, bumping shoulders and all that. And we right. we want to make sure that our workflow is safe for our employees and it's it's done right and it's done effectively. And so having a plan was essential to manage that kind of a time commitment on a project like this, because. Not only, you know, we're not only dealing with the factor of can we get the project done, it's also, okay, we got to make sure that our employees are safe too and they're not, you know, too too close in the, in the same environment scrambling around, that kind of a deal, I guess. So one thing that you're pointing to, Jack, that I think we'll pick up in the next segment is a uh, planning model mm-hmm. that we have discovered. So we discovered a planning model several years ago that was uh, instituted and um, taught through the uh, U.S. Air Force. And that's something we're going we're gonna to talk about here probably in the next segment. What it really enables us to do, I think, is to maintain one of our critical goals and our core value of excellence. And excellence is not something that you just sneeze at. Right. And, right, and it happens. It's it takes a lot of commitment, a lot of time, a uh, a dedication to process, a dedication to regimenting the things that you do, how your people work, how they are, uh, you know, under how they're trained, how they're committed to uh, the process. And exactly in this scenario, they, they've really got to know their role, they've got to know what's expected, and then they got to be able to perform. Right. And that's that's how we bring people on, right, at yep. CTEC. That's how we uh, recruit them. We, we look for people that are prime for that type of environment, mm-hmm. uh, that thrive in that kind of environment. And it's something that we try to live and breathe every day yeah and another another key element in there is the growth mindedness of employees here and where at the end we'll get more into the weeds on this next episode there's a big um 
kind of debriefing phase. And one of the biggest things is while you're in the thick of it, while you're in the process is to Mm -hmm. be looking for areas of improvement. Even if things are going wonderfully, it's all about growth. It's all about getting yourself in the right mindset to just be consistently focused on growth. And so, like I said, even if things are going well, there's always that realization of, ooh, this could be an improvement for next time. You know, and it could be a small thing. It could be a big thing, but Right. So that's a, yeah, that's a great suggestion or a great segue because we'll, we'll take a look at that uh, model and it's called the afterburner model. And w- one of the key ingredients at, at the end of a project, whether it was a success or a debacle, is to do a debriefing session, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a key step. And that's the opportunity to learn where you can improve. Right. And that's the opportunity to grow right right there in the model exactly so was there with this uh easter bunny going rogue situation was there a debriefing session there was indeed even though this was deemed a huge success yes there was a debriefing phase of it okay yep great well we'll look forward to talking about that next time and uh getting into the detail there Uh, For now, that's it for eDiscovery Basecamp. Thank you for joining us. Jack, thanks for all the details and the great storytelling. Of course. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we'll see you all next week. See you next week. And just our, our final reminder, just make sure you let the people around you know that they matter. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the eDiscovery Basecamp. If you have any questions, comments, or want us to cover a certain topic, email us at info at We'll see you next week.